Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. Thank you. Wow, wow, wow. What an honor to be here. How is everyone? You good? It's uh, so great to be here and so great to just uh, spend some time with your pastors, Nathaniel and Beck, and the team here. And uh, I'm really excited for you. I know exactly uh, where you're at in your journey, what you're going through in terms of it being in, in, in this season of the church. My wife and I, many years ago, we planted a uh, church with 13 people in a lounge room and no money, but lots of passion and lots of vision. And uh, we, we met in multiple houses. We, uh, have, uh, we started, uh, launched out back in 2006, and I led that church for seven years. The last five years I've been traveling and speaking all over the place. But I, I understand exactly the journey. Those of you who call Lift Your Church Home, and particularly the core team and your pastors who have stepped out in faith and, and ventured out to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and the dream and the passion, the vision on their hearts um, I want to encourage you to get around your leaders and encourage them um, they're at the front line P- church planning is at the front line of uh, of ministry of the kingdom because what you're doing is you're taking ground uh, you're taking ground from the enemy you're taking ground for the glory of the kingdom of God and uh, the adversary of our souls is not going to be happy about that any time that you grow that you move forward and you walk in freedom in any area of your life there's resistance towards that some of you wonder why sometimes life is so hard because there is resistance towards your growth and development Jesus said I've come that you may have life and life in all of its fullness but the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy to take away from you your freedom that is yours through Jesus Christ and um, and so you know thank you so much for your welcome Um, I I was preaching yesterday at the shift conference and uh, and and at Life City and they tell me that there's a few books left and apparently I've got some books up the back so you'll have to get in real quick because uh, there's literally only three left from yesterday um, so if uh, I've written a few books one is prophetic vision the other is supernatural life and if any of those things would benefit you in your journey then check those things out but I just I want to encourage uh, you Nathaniel and Beck you know you've been faithful in small things now it's time for greater things and um there is a sense that uh, what God is building here through you and through this church is, is rock solid. You are rock solid people. Uh, you're people of integrity. You're people of faithfulness. You're people of um, consistency. And what I can see is that each year that this church um, is alive and growing, I can see that God is just going to continue to add line upon line, precept upon precept. Um, this church is going to uh, take some people by surprise. Um, it's sort of, it's under the radar right now uh, on the landscape of what's happening in Perth, but it's going to take people by surprise because year by year, God is just going to continue to add that line upon line, precept upon precept. There's a, a solid teaching ministry about you and discipleship, teaching Um, a leadership example and discipleship how you disciple people how you teach it's just going to build good foundations into people's lives and I just see people here that that call this church their home just 
um, growing so easily in the things of God and, uh, and just finding a, a place to belong. I love that you call your service an experience because how many of us know God is to be experienced? He's not to be tolerated. He's not to be endured. All right, he's to be experienced. And so when we come together, this is an experience. This is, we're having an experience with God. And I think what Lift Church is going to do is uh, introduce people into an experience with Jesus. Not into religion, not into rules and regulation, but into the freedom that is found in Jesus Christ. And uh, I was praying for you this morning and God just put this word, new beginnings new beginnings and I believe that's an important word and obviously in the natural uh, as a young church that that could be seen to be relevant but in my spirit that word new beginnings just exploded within me and and I believe that isn't just true for the church it's true for individuals in this room that many of you are in the season of new beginnings all right, and things that have hung on to you from the past, God says, I'm, I'm pulling down and I'm tearing away from you because I'm promoting new beginnings in your life. And I believe that this word today is going to plant the seed of new beginnings into your hearts and into your life. God wants you to live with hope and faith and love and, and, and not to uh, be downcast and discouraged and to be uh, disappointed and depressed in life. He wants you to live a life of hope, faith and love in the midst of the contradictions and paradoxes of life. And uh, I've, I've discovered that it's possible. Um, I've been on my own journey. My 59-year-old uh, mother uh, passed away last year. Loved the Lord. Been in ministry for 30, 40 years. Had a lung disease for 20 years. For 20 years in and out of hospital. And yet every time I looked at her in hospital, I saw someone who, though in the midst of her circumstance, faith, hope and love prevailed. My sister, in and out of prison, drug addiction, all sorts of crazy things. And yet in the midst of all of it, faith, hope and love prevails. And I just want to, whatever you're going through in your life, God is consistently good, as we heard. He is consistently faithful. He will never let go of you. Don't let go of him. And so I'd love to pray with you and uh, just open up the word, and we're going to share together. Father, I just thank you so much that your heart is here. Your heart is here. I, I, it's, I'm aware of it. We're, there's a tangible sense of your love and your heart here this morning. And God, we honor you. We love you. I thank you for Lift Church. I thank you for new beginnings. I prophesy new beginnings, Lord, over this house. Lord, over uh, Beck and Nathaniel. Lord, over Lord their family. Lord, over this church. Over every person who calls this church their home and those who soon will call this church their home. And Father, I just pray that, Lord, this morning you'd take this word. Lord, pierce our hearts with it. God, let us not be the same. Let us walk out of here more like you, more in love with you, wanting to grow closer to you, Father. Let the fruit of ministry this morning be that we want to know you better, that we want to love you greater. And Father, we thank you for what you are doing in this church. Lord, we, add, we ask, add line upon line, precept upon precept, week in, week out, the consistency of faithfulness will build a fruitful house. I believe it, I can see it, and I speak it into the spiritual DNA of this church today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, we could go and just have lunch right now, couldn't we? But no, there's some more. Uh, John chapter 15. Why don't you go there with me? John 15. 
uh, on your smartphone or on your iPad, or some of you may have memorized this scripture. Um, John chapter 15. And I'm going to read from verse 1 to 8, or should I say 1 to 11. And uh, we're going to read what Jesus is saying about being connected to him. It says in John chapter 15, I am the true vine. My My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. And if you abide in me and my word abides, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. I want to speak to you this morning on something close to my heart, and I believe God wants to just uh, inject it into the DNA of the house here this morning and into your heart. I want to speak about uh, pruning, preparation, and productivity pruning preparation and productivity um, I grew up very reluctant about the call of God upon my life uh, to be honest with you um, although I came from a Christian household parents pastors um, and I loved Jesus and was involved in church life I really didn't want to do what I'm doing here today this was the last thing that I wanted to do can anyone identify with me when God puts something on your heart and you're just like nah, nah I'm not sure I, I, I want to do that and and so it wasn't because I didn't have honor or respect for uh, the role the office the, the ministry it was just that my heart was uh, I guess interested in other things and felt that my future was elsewhere but how many of us know when God's got a purpose for your life his purposes chase you down no matter how far you run or or what you think is better for your life God created you he knows what's best for you and 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 there are no accidents even in your journey even if you look at your past and and there's regret or shame or disappointment of your past listen God can redeem anything and God uses all things for your good okay so don't despise even the 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 painful events of your life realize that as painful as they are God is going to use them redeem them turn them around what the devil meant for evil he will turn into good for you but at some point we've got to come into an awareness of what our purpose is what our what our calling is why we're on this planet God does not do anything by random accident and so eventually my reluctance turned to zeal and instead of being uh, hesitating and reluctant I then became passionate and zealous about pursuing God and 
all that he called me to. And I remember going to my pastor saying, Pastor, now, now I'm ready for you to put me on team. And he looked at me with that, that, you know, that smile of wisdom that says, oh, you're in for a ride. And, and, and said, I think you should do an internship. And I said in my head, I'm like, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Because an internship just means hard work. And, and, you know, we want to bypass all that and go straight to the platform, for goodness sake. I mean, this is what God called us to do. And, and so anyway, um, I went home and prayed about what the pastor said. And apparently God agreed with the pastor. It's amazing that sometimes the pastor actually hears from God. And so I started this internship. And five minutes into the internship, they gave me the chair ministry. And the chair ministry basically is a really cool way of saying set up chairs. And, and so uh, I'm setting up chairs. And I remember uh, at the time we were meeting in uh, a community room at a large shopping center in Melbourne. And uh, we had to go and get the, the chairs from the basement, take them up four flights to the community room, uh, uh, four levels, four stories, up to the community room and set them up, about 100 chairs. And in those days, I was the setup team, all right? There was no setup team. I was it. And so uh, after about five minutes of the chair ministry and, and two hours of doing this thing, I'm like, you know what? Uh, God, I think you're calling me to another church and another ministry. I'm not sure this is where I'm supposed to be. I thought you called me to be a prophet to the nations, and here I am prophesying to empty chairs. Um, you know, what's going on here? And, uh, and the Lord said to me, son, ministry to the nations begins with ministry to the chairs. Set up the chairs. I'm like, yes, sir. And, you know, I think... That experience in my life taught me that many of us have dreams that seem so far away, that seem like we're never going to get there, that seem like we're never going to arrive. And unfortunately, I think our idea of fruitfulness is never-ending productivity, that we are simply to go from one degree of glory to the next, and, and, and we fail to understand that there are seasons in life. There are seasons that we've got to get to in order to experience the harvest and the fruitfulness that God has for us. God's idea of fruitfulness is not one season, it's multiple seasons. You talk to a farmer, I remember preaching at a church in regional Victoria and they took me out one afternoon to meet this very wealthy farmer and I jumped on his uh, vehicle, his tractor, and we went around the, 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 his property, something like 65,000 hectares or something, unbelievable. And, and I started to talk to him about his work and about seasons. And, and he, started, you know, he said, every season is needed for harvest. He goes, right now we're in a sowing season. He goes, you can't have harvest if you don't sow first. You can't reap anything if you don't sow. And then you've got to go through the, the, the winter seasons and you've got to have rain that comes and, and, and then there's spring and then there's summer. There, every season, even in the natural, summer, winter, autumn and, and spring is needed for harvest. So too in the supernatural. So too in your life. If God answered all of your prayers instantly today and every prayer was answered, everything was just fell in your lap and came to you. There are things that you would never learn about God and yourself that you can only learn as you go through the seasons of life. God is not just wanting to be like a genie in a bottle that we, He grants us our three wishes 
and he gives us miracles and answers all of our prayers and makes life this utopian paradise so that we are more comfortable. God wants a relationship with you. He wants a, a relationship with you that goes through every season of life. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. And you find yourself right now as a church and as individuals in a particular season. You've got to understand the season you're in. You've got to appreciate the season you're in because God has a purpose for this season. There is a purpose and there is a reason why Lift Church is in this season. Why your pastors and leaders are in this season. Why you as a church have joined, why you as an individual have joined this church in this season. And we've got to partner with God with the season that he has us in, in order to maximize the season that we're in. If you don't learn the lessons of this season, you won't graduate into the next season. This is how it works. And many of us are wanting to move forward into greater things and greater seasons, but we're not maximizing, we're not taking advantage of the opportunities that are already in front of us in this season of life. It is so important to identify the season God has you in. And the reason why is ignorance of your season produces disillusionment. Many of us are expecting something to happen that God has for us in seasons to come, but we want it to happen right now. And so we sort of, you know, have all sorts of expectations around what's to happen in this season. And, and, and we're sort of projecting uh, into this season what God's put in our heart for future seasons. And all I know is if we try to do more, then the season we're in, we're going to get disappointed. We're going to get frustrated. I, I remember I wanted to be doing way back there at the beginning what I'm doing now, 17 years later. You know, traveling and speaking, conferences, churches, writing books and TV shows and all sorts of things that I'm doing all over the world, which is just a privilege and a blessing. I wanted to do that 17 years ago, and I thought it was like a case of, you know, let's give this crack for a year and let's just see and there was some arrogance and pride there and all that sort of stuff but but I had to understand that you don't just arrive anywhere in life God has to take you through seasons of pruning seasons of preparation and seasons of productivity every season contains certain boundaries and so if you try to push those boundaries and do more than what your God has allowed in this season, then, then you're going to be out of time with the season that God has you in. And also, there is a danger with comparing your season to someone else's season. The, the disadvantage of social media, for all of its blessings... I don't know what they are. But for all of its blessings of connecting and watching, etc., etc., it, it, there's a one massive disadvantage, and that is that we start to look at someone else's highlight reel and we compare our season and our mundane routine life and, and our lack of highlights to someone else's highlight reel, and we're like, well, I want what they have. How come, God, you've blessed them with that? Or how come they're in that season? How come they've gone? And we don't realize, we don't know what's going on in their life in past seasons. 
for them to get to where they are right now, the prices they've had to pay, the sacrifices they've had to make, the, the, the lessons they've had to learn. And, and what we do is if you compare your season to someone else's season, either results in one of two things. One, it results in superiority and pride because you think you're further ahead than the person you just looked at on social media. Or it results in inferiority and condemnation because you start to feel like a worm that doesn't deserve anything and, and your life is miserable and, and, and it's never going to amount to anything and God just has favorites and I'm not one of his favorites. And, and all of that is just lies of the enemy. Because every, I was just thinking about this in worship, the greater works, greater purposes, greater plans, greater blessings God has in mind for every single person in this room today. And some of you, that is like, you find that hard to believe because you've gone through some stuff at the moment or you've entertained certain thoughts and lies about yourself that have convinced you that you're just going to live the life that you've got and stay in your comfort zone and stay in your lane and, 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 and you'll be satisfied with the scraps from the master's table. No, we've got to get a bigger vision of who God is today. God has greater works for you. God has greater purposes for you. God has greater blessings for you than you have for you aren't you glad about that and one of the reasons why we lack to walk in off on those things is because we're not thinking his thoughts his ways and his thoughts are higher than our ways and thoughts but when you begin to see and and believe in the goodness of who God is the, his incredible grace and his amazing heart towards us and his lavish and abundant love toward all of a sudden you start to believe and expect that greater works are possible for your life but that does not remove the fact that you and I have to go through a process towards the outcome we have to go through the seasons of life in order to experience the greater works that God has for us. Are you as animated in winter seasons as you are in summer seasons? Are you as expectant and full of faith and, and, and belief uh, in, in the purposes of God and the goodness of God when everything looks like it's not going your way as you are when the bank account is full and the job promotion comes and, and the person of your dreams looks your way and, and, and opportunities open up and you, you're, you're on the plane for a holiday in Hawaii. and Are you as animated when it's all not going your way? Because what God is looking for is people who can, He can trust in every season of life. If you can be found trustworthy in every season of life, you immediately uh, position yourself to walk in greater purposes, greater works, greater seasons that He has for you. If you align the right action with the right season, you will maximize the season you're in. You'll learn what you need to learn. You'll be where you need to be. In 2005, I received a prophecy that had these three words, these three seasons in it. And, and the, the man of God said that, and I needed this word in, in this season of my life because I, I was at, at a loss. I was searching. And, and the man of God looked at my wife and I and said, these three seasons will repeat themselves, pruning, preparation, and productivity. And just when you think that you've been pruned and cut back and you can't be cut back anymore, God will graduate you and usher you out of that season into a season of preparation. And just when you think that you've been prepared and prepared and prepared, some of us feel like we're in perpetual preparation, and, and, and then all of a sudden productivity and harvest will come your way. And you'll be like, this is it. I've made it. Paradise. This is 
awesome. This is how life, I envisioned it. This is how life was to be all of a sudden. But get yourself ready. You'll go back into pruning and you'll be cut back. Why? Not because God's disappointed with you, angry with you, trying to punish you, trying to discipline, but because he's actually trying to promote you into a greater season and purpose that he has for your life. And so what I want to do today is just quickly unpack these three seasons and what you need to look for. What are the signposts that you need to look for in these seasons of your life? First season, season one is pruning. Pruning is where God cuts off of you what you don't need. Pruning is where God cuts off of you what you don't need for the coming seasons. The Bible says in verse 2 of John 15, I, I didn't forget our passage, I was coming back to it. The Bible says, Jesus says, every branch that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Here is the lesson. Whether you produce fruit or not, you're going to get cut. So we may as well get cut for producing fruit. I'm like, if you're going to like cut me anyway, if it's going to be painful anyway, let my pain serve a purpose. Let me actually position myself in a place where I'm producing fruit, where God, you're using me and you're working through me. And then in that process, I'm going through some pain. Yes, you're cutting off some sharp edges of my attitude. Stuff in my heart that needs to be dealt with. Areas in my relationships that I need to look at. Whatever you need to cut off of me in this season, cut off of me. Why? Because my pain serves a purpose. Pruning serves a purpose in your life. God is not trying to punish you. I remember I went through a season in my life where, you know, uh, I was like, God, what are you doing? It just seems like everything is just working against me. I feel this perpetual resistance. And, and the Lord said to me, spoke to me out of Hebrews 12. He said, son, I'm disciplining you. I said, what have I done wrong? He said, nothing. I'm trying to promote you. And you're fighting the resistance. Just go with it. Embrace the suck of the pain and just let it be what it is because the quicker you let me prune you, the quicker you can graduate out of this season into what I actually have for you. Now, I began to think about pruning. And because I am not a massive horticulturalist, if my wife was here, she would confirm that. Um, someone's like, what's a horticulturist? Well, well um, I can't even say it. Uh, uh, but, but because I'm not a, <coughs> a gardener or a massive horticulturalist, I consulted the fountain of all knowledge, Google, as to what pruning involves in the natural. Now, I'm going to read out to you the description of it as Google revealed it to me. Not God, Google, right? But when you hear it, I don't want you to just hear it or uh, imagine the concepts in the natural. I want you to think about it from a spiritual perspective. This is what God's doing to you when he prunes you. It says, pruning is the selective removal of parts of a plant or your life not needed. It involves the cutting of branches shorter or off altogether. And the reason for it is it removes dead wood and prepares the plant for a harvest of both a quality and a quantity of fruit. 
Pruning prevents breakage under the external elements and will ultimately determine the productivity and longevity of the fruit. Whether you find yourself in a season where relationships are pruned off you, work is pruned off, things are pruned off you, it's, God's cutbacks are never setbacks. He's just setting you up for a comeback, all right? The metaphor, the picture that has helped me in this is of an archer with a bow and an arrow. And God showed me as I was going through this pruning season way back when this message was birthed in my spirit, is that I'm, I'm there or God is there with the bow and he's pulling back the arrow. And, and, and God showed me I was the arrow that he was pulling back. The bow was the circumstance that I found myself in. And God was the archer. And here I am thinking, I'm going backwards. I'm going backwards. And God's like, no, 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 you don't understand. In order to propel you forward, I'm going to cut some things off of you and pull you back so that I can usher you into what I have for you. I'm telling you, Lift Church, I'm telling every single person in this room today, God is pruning you so that he can produce a harvest through you. You've got to stop looking at your season as being a negative thing. Whatever pruning season or whatever pruning or cutting off is happening in you, there is a greater purpose for it. Never draw a conclusion about your destiny based on one season of your life. Many of us interpret our entire destinies based on one season. But life is made up of seasons. How you respond to the pruning process will determine how long you stay in it. And my encouragement to you would be to respond with grace, to respond with humility and submission and take confidence that whatever God has cut off of you, you clearly didn't need. If you needed it, you'd still have it. Season number two is preparation. We've got to look past the pruning to what God is preparing us for. If pruning is God cutting off of us what we don't need, preparation is God adding to you what you do need. Preparation is uh, all about understanding that there's some things, some skills we need to develop, some knowledge we need to grow in, some relationships we need to cultivate. There are some things that we need There's some weaponry that we need, some tools that we need for the seasons to come of of, uh, productivity. The Bible says in verse 4, Jesus says, Abide in me, which means remain, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. It speaks of this contact with the presence of God. This intimate connection. None of us ever just arrive at harvest. There is no such thing as an overnight success. Uh, You know, like um, one of the artists I listened to, John Mayer, you know, I remember back years ago, when he first came on the scene, people were like, where has this guy come from? He's come from nowhere, you know. And and, uh, what they didn't realize is, is that for 10 years, unnoticed in his life for 10 years, literally up to eight, nine hours a day, 
that young man was in his room plucking his guitar and writing lyrics to songs. Before he ever got noticed, 10 years he was in preparation. There's no such thing as an overnight success. When, when you watch someone that steps into harvest and productivity, you're watching someone who has gone through years and years of pruning and preparation. And so what we're going to do is not hope and wish just for productivity. We're going to get focused on the process of preparation. What do I need to do now in order to be ready for what God has for me in my future? Many of us get discouraged with the preparation process because there appears to be a lack of fruit. And so we're like, I just feel like more knowledge is being added. Okay, I'm being prepared. But where is this actually going? There's very little fruit. In preparation, it's more about what's happening in you than what's happening through you. Don't be discouraged by what you can't see happening through you yet when actually God is doing stuff in you. That's why many young leaders and many uh, young adults and people, say, um, under the age of 40, often get discouraged and want to quit and give up uh, whatever God's doing in their life at that time because they don't see enough fruit go through them. Listen, the first half of your life is about what God does in you. The second half of your life is about what God does through you. Now, it doesn't mean that God isn't still working in you in the second half of your life. But what it means is that in the second half of your life, it's about walking in the, the fruitfulness of what you've allowed God to do in you in the previous seasons of your life. You know, between the ages of 12 and 30 years in Jesus' life, the scholars call these years in the Gospels silent years. Now, it sounds really deep and profound, but the reason they've called it silent years because no one knows what's going on, right? Between 12 and 30, we don't know. All we know is a statement, a phrase, that Jesus grew in favor and stature with God and man. In a preparation season, there are two people you need to spend time with. You're going to grow in favor and stature with God, and you're going to grow in favor and stature with people around you. In other words, you need to spend time with God, hence abide in me and he in you. And you need to spend time with a coach, a mentor, someone who's going to disciple you, someone who's going to speak into your life. That in seasons of preparation, it's interesting, people will come in and out of your life based upon the season you're in. And when you start having someone come into your world that starts to speak into your life, encourage you, mentor you, could be at work, could be in your relationships, could be in ministry, in your gift, pay attention to that. God is getting your attention. I'm preparing you for something. I'm bringing this person into your life for a reason. Because I'm wanting you to step into something that without this person you are not going to be prepared for. So when you're in a season of preparation, get in the presence of God. Spend extra time in His presence and spend extra time with a coach or a mentor and allow the, the, the voice of the Spirit and the voice of, of godly people around you speak into your life and actually help get you ready for what it is that He has for you. God does not prune you and He does not prepare you if He doesn't want to produce a harvest through you. And this is season three, prep, uh, productivity. Pruning, preparation, and productivity. It's where God produces a harvest of fruit through you. What, what does Jesus say in verse 8? By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Sometimes we think that the more we suffer, the more Jesus is going to be glorified. 
and the more painful life is and the more you know weeping and gnashing of teeth we experience in our lives the more Jesus is going to be happy with us that is a lie of the enemy all right Jesus said by this my father is glorified how that you bear much fruit you produce much fruit you can follow Jesus and actually be happy you can follow Jesus and and live with joy you can walk through the seasons of life even the pruning seasons and acknowledging the pain have joy in the process because you realize we're going somewhere this is producing a harvest of righteousness in my life in my heart that will manifest in my earthly environment in the external reality of where I live Yet your season of pruning is not the ultimate uh, uh, signature on what God has for you in your coming days. The fruit you produce is determined by the source that you're connected to. God's job is to be the gardener. Our job is to stay connected to the gardener. You know, 14 years um, after that conversation I had with God with the ministry of the chairs um, where I'm like God you know I thought you called me to go to the nations and da 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 14 years after that I'm preaching in Singapore and uh, on the Monday the pastor rings me in the morning after Sunday and says hey um, son come and uh, meet me for lunch and so I met this guy met this pastor for lunch and and uh, he says God spoke to me last night about you and he said uh we want to open our entire church movement to you. And I knew very little about the church movement. I said, oh, how many churches are in your church movement? He said, six and a half thousand churches. We have churches all over the world. And I've rung the president. This guy was second in charge of this movement. And he said, we, we want to open just our whole movement to you. We want to come and speak at our international conference, da, 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 da. He said, not only that, this coming week when you... Land in Jakarta, we want you to speak on our TV show and we want you to preach and do a little sort of chat, um, Q&A, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I said, oh, because I don't know anything about what was going on in Indonesia at the time. And he said, I said, how many people sort of tune in and watch your TV show? He goes, oh, conservatively 25 million people. My heart rate immediately increased. <laughs> he said, not only that, but we want to take your books and we want to translate them and publish them and print them for free and wherever you go and speak in our churches and our movement we'll sell those books and we'll give you 70% of the profits and I'm, I'm looking at this guy like one I'm thinking is this for real second I'm thinking this is an amazingly good day um, <laughs> thirdly I'm hearing the voice of the spirit and what is the spirit saying to me 14 years later the Holy Spirit says, I told you, son, ministry to the nations begins with ministry to the chairs. There were seasons between that first encounter and that day where God opened up all of these opportunities for me that I had to go through in order to arrive at harvest. And that conversation, guess what? It was a boundary event. It opened harvest to me. And for like, this is a few years ago now, but for like three years after that, it's just like, boom. All this stuff started to open, doors opening, God uh, bringing opportunities. And then guess what? Just when I think, this is what life was, what I envisioned, how it was going to be, this is amazing. 
Go back into pruning. My mum dies and I go into sort of, you know, meltdown mode and I spent 12 months just sort of God pruning stuff off of me, cutting things off of my life. And guess what? I'm coming back into preparation. Why? Because there's another harvest coming. And I'm telling you today, Lift Church, the reason I'm preaching this today is because you're in a season prophetically of preparation. Why? Because God has productivity for you. God has a harvest of righteousness for you. And here's the deal. When God has a church in a particular prophetic journey, the individuals that are planted in that church often are going along that same journey. That they're being prepared. That they get, when a church goes into pruning, often what happens is people go into pruning. And so I'm excited for you, but I'm also saying, get ready. All right? Because not only is harvest coming, but harvest is messy. You can't control it always. But then note that after productivity and harvest, there will be some pruning. So let's learn to live from the seasons in life, from the seasons that God has for us, because every season, Lift Church has a purpose. This season is of new beginnings. It's a season of preparation for what God has for you. And the real challenge will come, not right now, the real challenge will come in how you handle the abundance of harvest. I, I found the real challenge isn't lack. For every hundred people that can handle lack, only one person can handle abundance. It's how you handle abundance that is the true test of where your character and where your heart is at. And guess what? God is looking for people to trust with abundance. Why? Because there's much to be done. And when, you, when God gives you abundance, and it can, that abundance can look like lots of different things, spiritually, relationally, financially, lots of different things. When God entrusts that with you, it comes with responsibility. Responsi there's a greater responsibility coming to this church, coming to your lives, coming to this house that God is calling you to steward you're being found faithful in little. So get ready for the much. But how you handle the much is whether or not you keep going through the seasons that, that God actually has for you. Interestingly, God's intention for Israel was always Canaan. When they came out of Egypt, God's promise and intention was, I'm going to take you to the land that's flowing with milk and honey. But what happened with Israel is... Uh, they got stuck, not just in the wilderness, but with a wilderness mentality. And often what will sabotage your harvest is we've lived so long in seasons of pruning and in seasons of preparation and in seasons of the wilderness that we don't know how to live in harvest. We don't know how to live in productivity, but God is coming today. And he's saying, I, I want you to, to begin to think about your life how I think about your life. Don't self-sabotage yourself with a wilderness mentality, but get yourself ready for a season of harvest, which means I've got to begin to think like God. And I've got to begin to change my thinking about what God actually wants to do. I'd love to pray with you today. God's intention for you is exceedingly good. His intention for you is productivity. His intention for you is harvest.
but it only comes as we go through the season of pruning and preparation. Why don't we just stand together? I'd just love the band just to quickly come up if that's okay. I just want to invite you to close your eyes just for one moment. If you're here today and you say, you know what, I'm identifying with what I'm hearing and, and, and I'm in a pruning season. If you're in a pruning season right now, um, then I want to pray with you and I want to encourage you. If you're in a pruning season, maybe just, no one else is looking around, maybe just raise your hand just briefly and say, you know what, God's pruning me right now. I'm being pruned. Just raise your hand up and put it down. <clears throat> Father, I just thank you for people that are being honest, Lord, with their own hearts and honest with you right now and acknowledging that, Father, there's some cutting going on, there's some pruning going on, there's some things that are exiting their life. Father, I pray right now that, God, you would come and, and you take this word and encourage those in a pruning season right now. God, that you'd fill them with courage and hope and expectation. Lord, that they would know that you've not forgotten them, that you're not disappointed with them, you're not mad at them, you're not trying to punish them, but you're trying to promote them. And Father, I pray that you'd help us, if we're in a pruning season, to let go of those things that maybe you're trying to take out of our lives. Let go of those attitudes, let go of those things that, uh, Lord, we've, we've made precious and held on to so tightly. Lord, we just release that into your control, into your hands today. And I just pray, Father, that you'd come and you would encourage us, you'd fill us, Lord, with, with an expectation, with a spirit of faith that, God, what you're cutting off of us, oh God, serves a purpose. That the pain serves a purpose. If you're here today and you're in a preparation season, maybe just raise your hand up. If you say, yeah, I'm being prepared. I know that God has me in a prayer. Father, I thank you for those who you are preparing today. And Father, I just pray that God, you would bring into their lives the people, the resources, the tools, and the skills that they need, oh God, to be able to maximize the season that they're in. Father, I thank you that, Lord, we're going to spend more time with you in this season. That, Lord, we're going to press into you. We're hungry for you. You. We want to remain in you and abide in you. Lord, add to us what we need, Lord, for the seasons that are ahead. And if you're here today in a harvest season, we want to rejoice with you. If you're here today in a harvest season, why don't you just raise your hand up and say, yep, yeah, I'm in harvest. I'm in productivity. And generally when I get to this part of the altar call, very few hands go up because many of us are in pruning and preparation. But I'm prophesying today, harvest over this church, harvest over your life. I prophesy that you'll come out of this season of preparation and pruning into seasons of harvest, into seasons of productivity. And Father, I just pray that the curse of the enemy, the lies of the enemy that have restricted us, that would sabotage, oh God, that which you purpose and ordained for us, Lord, would fall away, would be broken off of our minds and hearts and lives. And God, we thank you today for harvest. We glorify you for harvest by this my Father is glorified that you, Lift Church, will bear much fruit. And so, Father, I just pray today, oh God, a seal of your Spirit, Lord, upon this Word and upon every person in this room, that, God, we say a yes and amen over our lives and over our hearts. May we never be the same. May we look at our lives through the filter of the seasons of life. 
and be discerning and be wise in how we respond to all that you're doing, all that's happening in Jesus' name. Just finally, before I hand it back, if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus Christ to become your Lord and Savior, I want to extend an invitation to you today to say yes to him. Maybe you once did. Maybe you're far away from him right now and you're here and you're attending church, but but you just know you're not close to the Lord and, and maybe you've sort of put your hands back on the steering wheel of your life and you said, I'll drive this thing. I'll take my life where it needs to go. And and that's going to cause a distance. That's going to cause a separation between you and God. If this is your first time or if it's a matter of a rededication, I want to invite every single one of us to ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sin and to come and live in our heart. The Bible says all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but it is the loving kindness of God that leads us to repentance, that leads us into right relationship with God. And all that is required is that we would believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And what happens is, is that this gift of salvation becomes ours. This gift of eternal life becomes ours. You were designed for eternity. You were created for relationship. And apart from God, we read it this morning, we can do nothing. And so today, wherever you're at, I want to invite you to make a decision to follow Jesus, to run into the arms of Jesus, the loving kindness of God, and to not live life on your terms in your own strength. If that's you today, I would love to pray with you. And so I know who I'm praying for. Would you just raise your hand in the air right now? And we want to pray with you in this new decision. Just say, yep. Today, I want to make that decision. I need uh, a relationship with Jesus. I need to rededicate my life back to God. Or I need to ask Jesus to forgive me for, for the uh, first time in my life. If that's you, just raise your hand up and we're going to pray together today. Thank you so much. Is there anyone else today? Say, yep, I want to make that decision. I, I, I want to follow Jesus. I'm not following myself. I want to follow Jesus. Is there anyone else who wants to join that person today? And we're going to pray together. I don't know what your custom is, but I'm just wondering, would we be able to pray together? Would you just repeat this prayer after me, particularly join in prayer with that person who's raised their hand. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your grace and thank you for your love. I believe you're the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me, to wash me clean and to heal my heart. Fill me with your Spirit. Empower me. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. You're my Lord. You're my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just put our hands together and honor that person for that decision today? Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lyft, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.